Hello and welcome to the Albion Social, your number one podcast for all things West Bromwich Albion. My name's Brad, otherwise known as Albion Insights, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Alf from the Backies Bible. So today we've got two games to cover, again after a busy week last week with the, the three games in one episode. Um, <laughs> Leicester, the Foxes, on Saturday, and also Sunderland, upcoming another early kickoff on Saturday at the Stadium of Light. Um, Let's talk about the, the disappointing defeat on Saturday, <laughs> shall we? I think yeah. a, a, a lot of fans were um, disgruntled in, in the manner that, that we lost the game. What are your thoughts on, on how we played and sh- should we have maybe won or, or drew the game? Uh, I think you can... Uh, I, I think we, sh- we were good for a point, man. I think we were good for a point and then it's just one moment in it. Um, and it's funny because that, that moment could have gone either way. We had a few, I mean, when we equalised, we kept going and we had a few good opportunities, but um, yeah, it wasn't to be. But I was, I was happy with the performance, to be honest. Mm. Um, I don't think we played particularly well, but we played good enough to stifle Leicester um, and stop them doing what they want to do, which is an, obviously sort of an achievement in itself. Yeah. They're quite easily the best team in this league. Um, so yeah, I feel like you can... Um, come away from the game I mean it's hard to say happy uh looking at it with perspective um, I didn't come away from the actual game happy no. <laughs> um, but I think when you put it in perspective you know we've got six points from three tough games um I think before you know before these uh, before it switch I think you would have took the six points <laughs> if, if I'm totally honest so yeah, um, it's it's so disappointing um, in the heat of the moment, but I think there's a, a a lot of positive to take from the uh, you know the grand scheme of things. To be honest, yeah, I think we we started on the front foot, didn't we? We we was up, up yeah. the pitch, we were pressing quite well, and Leicester did grow into the game as as the first half went on. I mean, they finished the first half really strong. They created a few chances. I mean. Did you get that feeling again that we were just trying to get to half time? Maybe I think that, that that's a good mentality to have at the moment. Just try and get to half time, give ourselves a really solid foundation, give us something to work off, and give us half a chance of actually getting something from the game. Yeah, I mean, did, did you get the same sort of feeling about that? Did you feel like yeah. we were just trying trying to get to half time? A little bit, yeah, but I think it's always going to be the case in moments against these teams because they've got such a good team and they've got such good um, attackers that you are going to have to ride it out a little bit at times. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought we did start on the front foot, like you said. And um, there was moments where we forced them into a few mistakes. And um, I was saying early on, while I was at the game, like that's, I feel like that's where our success would have come. Obviously, it didn't really work out that way. But um, we forced them into a few good mistakes. And I liked how Carlos seemed to... Um, kind of you know as he does creates a little tactic for every game we were pressing them on their six yard box and on their 18 yard box but then if they got past that it was like drop straight back into a block um and like it worked in the sense that we were pressing them so high and we forced a few mistakes obviously we created something of an open goal um it just felt like the opportunity to kick the ball into the goal didn't come um, and we had a few more where we um, 
we had a little period where we kept winning it back off them from their goal kicks. Um, and like I say, I felt like that was where the success was going to come in open play if it was going to come. Um, but then I think it's, it was completely the right tactic and Carlos got it right with kind of dropping back into the block when Leicester got the ball on the halfway line. Because um, you can see what they do is uh, Vestergaard is like a quarterback and he just sits in the middle. And, um, you know, it's been a few games where Vestergaard has passed the ball like 120 times or something, probably more than that. And, if, you know, you're not watching the game and you think, oh, it's, you know, it's good. But it's because he's sat there and just giving it back and forth. And uh, we we're obviously happy to kind of say, you're all right there. Um, you know, we can hold you there. And I think we did for the most part. I really think we did. I can't think of many, you know, opportunities that Leicester created where you think, oh, we got away with one there. Do you know what I mean? There's a few moments, obviously, uh, I think Mavididi or Ian Acho hit the post, didn't they? Um, but other than that, I mean, I think we, we did well enough to stifle them, to be honest. Yeah, I think it was a mixture of Leicester being quite poor playing it from the back and us having a really good team press. I, I liked how we sort of used the same tactic as, as Hull or like a similar tactic, having the two players sort of pressing in Sarmiento and Tom Asante. Yeah. Like I said, on, on the edge, edge of the box, really putting pressure on Hermanson. I mean, there, there was a few wayward passes in, in the first yeah. half, especially from him. Um, I just feel like we didn't capitalise on them at all. And the, the, no. the, there was a, a few chances where you think maybe could we have done better with that, especially with Tom Sassante. I mean, it's what it was one of those games that was quite frustrating, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But again, it was an impressive performance mm. overall, I would say. I mean, one player that I, I was quite happy with was Furlong. I know I, I do give him quite a bit of stick, <laughs> usually. Um, but no, I, I think the main criticism of him that I usually have is he backs off too much. He he, do, he gives them too much space. And I think especially with like Mavrididi, um, he was in his face most of the game. I, I think he didn't complete any dribbles at all in, in like 65 no. minutes, Mavrididi. So, Did his I, mean, he, I think that was probably one of Ferran's best best performances of the, of the season. And it's a big thing for me to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Ferran's been coming on a little bit, to be honest. I think... Mm. If you're going to go into Furlong, I feel I feel like Furlong's uh, his his strength lies in coming in the inverted role and being like a bit of a more of a passing machine. Obviously, he's got his athletic traits, which are clear to see. He's, he's fairly fast and he's strong. He can get up and down the line, but I don't think that's his best. Uh, you know, I don't think that's. I don't think it's his strength, to be honest. Like I say, I think he's a really good passer. Um, I think you saw it a few times on Saturday. But, um, yeah, I think it speaks for itself. You know, Mavadidi had no uh, no look against him at all. Um, and I think it goes the same on the other side. I've, I didn't realise McAteer was playing, to be honest. Um, and I think that goes, you can pat Townsend on the back a, bit, a little bit, although he hasn't had many pats on the back uh, for a few reasons. But, um, yeah, I think... Um, it's it plays into the uh, defensive solidity that Carlos has instilled in us, and uh, to really you know keep those kind of players quiet, it's it's impressive. It really is, and it's uh, something to uh, you know to carry forward. Yeah, I think uh, I've I've seen some of the stick that Townsend had over the past couple of days, yes. and I mean. 
I understand that he's a very frustrating player at the moment. I don't think he's playing his best football in the slightest, but so some of the com- comments that's in there completely unwarranted, I-, I would say. I mean, he-, he was poor again, I'd say. The second goal... The, the the thing with the second goal is it it, it was a team a team issue yeah. right everyone's pushed up but I think the the blame was on Townsend solely because of how he handled it I mean you you see him step up to go and engage in DD and then he sort of turns and backs off and I think in that situation you, you either have to fully engage and fully commit or back off and attract Dewsbury Hall you have to do but one or the other. So I, I understand some of the comments, but some of the things I've seen on, on Twitter are just ridiculous. Yeah, it's a silly season, isn't it, man? I think, yeah, like you say, I think that you got to put it down to a team lapsing concentration, uh, really. Um, yeah, and obviously we're going for it. Um, you're going to leave players back and, uh, you know, probably nine times out of ten, um, when they counter, they don't have three players running up, running at Townsend. Um, and I think, you know, Townsend, he's kind of, uh, in a situation where he doesn't win because the likelihood of him winning the ball, if he does engage is very low. Um, obviously he, you know, so then he should have decided straight away, but then yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. And I think, um, saw some like still pictures of it and Malumbi is got in DD and like there's a still picture of me it's like he's grabbing him but then he's like lets him go I'm not sure what happened there but it's like just tear him down man just bring him down or they just rugby tackle him do you know what I mean and then I think Palmer didn't do very well either to be honest there's a I think Jewsbury all had a pretty poor touch and there was just a moment where if if Palmer was ready for it he could have swept that up, um, but instead he kind of just stands there and you're at the, uh, you know, you haven't really got any chance at all. But yeah, no. it's, it's just one of them, isn't it? It's three on yeah. one. I mean, we've obviously seen uh, Leicester's quality throughout the game as well, but I'd say both goals were really of our own undoing, if I'm being completely honest. The, the, the first goal was sort of like a catalogue of errors. I mean, Townsend and the I didn't really engage for, uh, for two were. Um, Mowat sort of let Ndidi run across him and just didn't give him any grief, really. Yeah. <laughs> and then so, Furlong had two, two men at the back post by himself. I mean, he's he's good aerially, he's, he's okay in the air, but when you have someone like Jewsbury Hall who's been playing so well this season, you yeah. sort of expect to have someone on him. And I mean, the, that that's where Bartley was a huge miss, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Ajoy didn't play too bad there were a few wayward passes but obviously that's probably down to a lack of sort of match fitness but Barton's leadership we I think we really missed it on, on yeah. Saturday and if, if we had him I think we probably could have got all three points yeah well yeah I think it's a it's a yeah it's a big loss and you can see that I just don't think I don't think Sammy's quite up to it with next to Kipro to be honest um he just hasn't got the commanding nature that Bartley has. Um, and like you say, with maybe in that situation, the first goal, Bartley gets his head on it, um, makes a box his own and just smashes it out. But yeah, I was, I thought, I thought Samuel was really shaky, to be honest. He got turned by Iheanacho in the first half. Um, and that, 
I think it epitomizes Semi, to be honest, because so many times his pace gets you out of trouble and the rest of the team out of trouble. But he, fair play to him, he backs himself against every striker. And he, every time he gets on their back, but sometimes it's not the right thing to do. And I think it happens quite a lot. And um, it, it kind of uh, spotlights his defensive weaknesses, I think. I just don't think he's the best defender. Um. I mean, it feels harsh, to be honest, saying it again. You know, we've just lost to the best team in the league. But, yeah, I do agree. I think we really did miss Bartley. Um, I think he's just, like I said, I think he's just a better centre-back, a better defender than uh, Semi. And he, I think the partnership um, was really strong with um, Kipre. So, um, yeah, I do. I hope he's back very soon, to be honest. It's a big thing, isn't it, like having a, a solid centre-back partnership because you, you learn how each other plays and I think we've seen how much O'Shea sort of improved last season um, yeah. when he had like a solid partner with Bartley. I mean, having that confidence, it, it helps everyone around you as well, doesn't it? So l- losing that, I mean, it probably isn't a, a bad thing for a joy. It's not like a, a negative for a joy. It's just how good Bartley and Kipper have been. Essentially, but yeah. sort of what, what we're used to now. So, yeah. Well, well, you want it. You need it to continue, don't you? That's all it yeah, is. Exactly. It's just uh, consistency and, like you say, partnerships and uh, mm. building that solid base. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, it comes back soon and uh, reignites that. <laughs> well, Leicester made it six straight wins at the Hawthorns over the weekend, which is yeah. a, a crazy stat. And Jamie Vardy had nothing to do with it. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> which is um, incredible. I mean. The the one player that we sort of highlighted last week was Keenan Dewsbury Hall. How how good of a player is he? I mean, I I, th- I thought he was younger than twenty five. If I'm completely honest, I I, yeah. I didn't realise he was that old. But he's really matured this season. I think it is is the biggest thing. He's he's got he's an all round player. Mm. He has defensive capabilities and he's good offensively as well. I mean, how did you feel sort of watching? Did, did you get the impression that he's too good for the championship? Do you think he sh- yeah. should be at Premier League level at the moment? It's, it's. Uh, I think it comes into that valley of the Premier League and the Championship, don't it? These players fall in between. Um, I always watched him in the Premier League, and I thought this geezer's got nothing. He hasn't got anything. I, I never saw any kind of quality about him, other than that he's a tenacious centre mid, um, which is obviously you know a useful thing to have. But I didn't really see any like you know big passing or defending. Um, traits, but then you drop down a league, and obviously you're in the best team in the league. And I think uh, the big thing is uh, Maresca seems to have found him a nice little hole in the midfield, where he kind of does what he wants to do. He finds his home space and he receives the ball. And I think it shows that, like you say, he's got really he's got good defensive uh, capabilities, but then he can score that goal that he did. Um, and it's a header. He's not the biggest fella. Um, but he it's like a late arrival into the box. So it's a true box-to-box, you know, uh, midfield midfielder. But yeah, he's, he's just, I think he's one of the best players in the championship and he's playing in the best team in the league um, around good players. And um, yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? When you come up against uh, a player like that, he um, kind of, I mean, they're midfield as a whole. You've got to give it to him. You kind of, um, they kind of overran Yakushli or Moat. They've kind of lacked. It's probably down to, I'd say, the legs. 
I don't think Mower and Yukushli could quite keep up with him. Um, I think they did a fairly decent job, but you can tell there's a you know it's a class apart really. Yeah, I think Winks, Winks and Didi and Dewsbury Hall is just an unreal sort of <laughs> midfield, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you can see how. <clears throat> the the quality of football that that was playing, just the pace of it, really. I think it it's the Premier League quality there. Just how quickly they can move the ball from back to front. It's really impressive, and I think it's probably the the best trait. To be honest, is the midfield. Yeah. I think yeah. it, they've obviously got a solid defense, but the midfield is where you win games for me. And I'm surprised that Carlos didn't sort of maybe start with uh, Malumbi or bring Malumbi on earlier. I think a midfield of Malumbi, Moes and Nikustu have a bit more legs in there. But Malumbi's been off the ball a little bit recently, hasn't he, as well? So I think it's just one of those things. We were very unlucky, but at the end of the day, we were our own undoing. Yeah, definitely. And I think you can uh, say, Carlos should have done this, Carlos should have done that. And I think the only thing, big thing I'd say that Carlos should have done was uh, I think he should have made the sub sooner, man. Um because it felt like it felt like the game was going okay, felt like Leicester had a little bit of a an edge to it. Um, I feel like you should have preempted it a bit um, to bring, like you say, I'd bring uh, Malumbi on, just get those legs in there, and uh, Maja because I thought BTA was pretty poor um, against obviously Premier League centre backs. Um, I think Maja could have. You know, added a bit more presence there to keep the ball up the pitch a little bit better. Um, but I think you can go over and over it. Um, Carlos could have done so many different things and maybe we would have lost the game anyway because we're playing against such a good team. I think that's the difference when you come up against, um, it's weird to say, but against an Ipswich and a Leicester where Carlos maybe can change the tide, but I don't feel like against a team with the players that Leicester have and the players that we have, not to, I'm not saying we're, you know, we should be basement boys or whatever, but there's a clear, you know, depth in, you know, there's a clear abyss in, in class. So it's just, it's such a tough task. And I think we, we can be proud enough to come away with a, uh, come away with a draw. So should have come away with a draw. So, yeah, I think we can. Uh, it's such a, a weird game to review because, like I say, I don't really want to point fingers too much because they're just a great team. I think that's that's all it is. Mm. I, th- I think you you pointed on BTA. I mean, Major wasn't very impressive when he came on, but I think it it did sort of change the dynamic of it having to, having two up top sort of. Yeah. Obviously, he's, he brings a different dimension to the team and he's so much better at holding play up and bringing other people in, into the game. BTA, he, he really struggles with that, doesn't he? I mean, the, the ball just sort of bounces off of him and he never sort of traps the ball. Yeah. He won he won one of his six duels, made no, no tackles, yeah. two passes in 90 minutes, two successful passes in 90 minutes, which is yeah. just insane. And he had the, the least number of touches of every player on the pitch. Including the goalkeepers, yeah. which when when you're playing with two sort of players from the back teams, you yeah, but it's yeah. it's not the sign of a good striker. No, no, I do agree, but I don't feel like those stats come as a surprise um, in the context. To be honest, um, he should have done better, 
it's probably one of the first games where like, as I'm a big BTA fan, as as you know, we've gone over a few times. Um, but that was probably one of the first games where I've stood there and thought, he's just not up to the standard kind of thing. Um, obviously, like I say, he's got, you know, he's he's playing against Fires and Vestergaard, who are quite easily uh, champ, uh, Premier League centre-halves and playing behind uh, Winks and Ndidi and Jewsbury Hall. Uh, when he goes wide, you're going against Justin or Ricardo Pereira, so... It's a tough one, and like I say, this goes back to that. I don't really want to be torching anyone, but yeah, BTA did stand out to me as it felt like he was out of his depth uh, on Saturday, to be honest. Um, but like I say, you know, it's just it's not surprising because he should be. Do you know what I mean? He's playing against these players. Um, but yeah, I think I'd be going to Sunderland next week, uh, starting Major myself. Well, it was a sort of a heartbreaking way to, to lose the game, wasn't it? To, to finish the game. I mean, I, yeah. I respect I respect the men, the mentality from Carlos to say like, I think it was um, he'd rather lose a point going for three. Do you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I respect it, but I think it depends on the opposition. If realistically, before the game, we would have all been buzzing with, with the draw with the point against Leicester, and it, and it would have been a fair result as well. Yeah. So I think that's where you sort of have to take into account. Okay. We are happy with the point here against Leicester, the the best team in, in the division. You have to take that on the chin and say, "Okay, I'll learn that for future games." And hopefully, he does because I guess we'll see at the end of the season whether the the point will make a difference or not. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One one solitary point. <laughs> um, yeah, I it's I don't. Yeah, I think Carlos's uh, comments it kind of clears it up for me. And mm. like I, I back him completely. I don't. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Um, should we have gone for the draw? Yes, <laughs> but if this, you know, Carlos backed us to uh, go and win the game, and you know, we uh, created a few decent chances um, after we scored. We had him a little bit under the cosh, to be honest. Um, so it's it's a moment, isn't it? That's all it is, and maybe it's the right decision. Apart from that one moment, um, I think it's interesting. I saw a tweet up the other day about um, not the other day. I think it was today or yesterday from uh, from Ricky Ricky Lee. If you if you're listening, Ricky, hello, mate. Um, about the throwing um, and how we were set up, and um, he 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 kind of broke it down to the structure of you know the throwing. Um, and it was a few players' positions were off, and it felt like, and you know, it's you can tell by how the players are lined up that it was just wrong on the for the second goal, because um, obviously Ricky said it all, but the uh, all of our players were like kind of spread out, and like we didn't really have a chance to win a header, and then it gets knocked out, and uh, they break, and Chalaba is in the wrong position to stop the break as well. Um, so maybe it's not down to us going for it. It's down to just mistakes in that moment. Do you know what I mean? But then obviously it goes to the greater scale of if we didn't go for it, then we wouldn't put somebody in the box. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 just a funny old game, isn't it? And maybe another day, I think Swift had a good chance, to be honest, when he started doing keepy up is in the box, which is always nice to yeah, see. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> 
did one a season, a few few little keepy ups. He only managed mm. two, but um, maybe. And I ain't watched it. I ain't watched the chance back. But maybe if he, you know, well is that goes in, we're all happy. But you know, I think it's uh, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, I think as you say, there's there's multiple factors that affected the, the last goal. I mean, Carlos pushed everyone up, but within right positions. I think it's one of those things. It may look back at the end of the season and go, this one of them games where we may be in, may have been a pivotal point in our season, but end of the day, best team in the division. Yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not too disheartened, to be honest. No, no, no way, man. No way. I think I think the big thing is the bounce back. It always mm. is. Um I think with I think we have to as well against yeah, Sunderland, to be honest. You absolutely have to. And um that's my only worry. My and my, I'm not worried about losing the point. I'm worried about losing the momentum um, because obviously we've got. I think the next three games, obviously Sunderland, not to discount Sunderland, really good team, on a bit of a on a bit of a downer at the moment, um, and then Stoke and Rotherham, not very good football teams. <laughs> so we've got like a real opportunity to get you know nine points on the board, twelve including Borac, who obviously are, are a little bit up and down. So it'd be a real shame and a real, I think that'd be the real sickener if, you know, we come out of those four having not done as well as we could have done if maybe we just didn't concede this one goal. Do you know what I mean? I think that's that's the, that's the my big worry. Um, a, lot, a lot bigger than just losing this one point. I feel like we could be, it could be a knock-on effect to losing a few more, but that's the big test. That's uh, and a test that I, I fully back Carlos to, you know, to overcome as as I would with any test, so we'll we'll see. Mm, I agree with that as well. I think the the last thing I wanted to touch on as well with the Leicester game was um the unfortunate injury to Matt to Matthew Phillips. Oh, yeah. Unfortunate but un, unfortunately expected as well. Unexpected, yeah. I think we, we all know we all know it's Christmas time when uh, he, yeah. he has his hamstring injury. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it's, it's such a shame though. I mean he's been one of our better players this season and is is gonna be a huge miss because it seems like he won't be back until early early new year now, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a blow. It's certainly a blow. So, yeah, it's as you say expected. Um, but I'm glad it's only a month. To be honest, I did really expect when I saw him on the deck. I thought that's it done done again um, <laughs> yeah. for you know at least another four or five months. But yeah, a month. We've got uh, fortunately we're you know. Got fellows of Sarmiento and Dean Garner and uh, Swift. Um, so we've got enough to kind of rejig and fill the gaps. It's it's a blow. He was doing really well. But mm. yeah, we've got to, uh, it's just another challenge to, to, to overcome. Do you know what I mean? Carlos loves a challenge. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd like, and I, I said it when Swift got injured, I'd like to see fellows now. Now that there's Hopefully a. Well, this time. Wallace, yeah. Now Wallace is obviously out. Um, don't know when he's coming back, and Phillips is out. I just, I'd really like to see Fellows. Um, mm. I thought he looked good again when he came on. Um, he's just, he's just so fearless and direct, and I think he's got a good uh, ball in on him. Uh, ball in on him. Uh, so yeah, I really hope we see a little, little bit more of him. Um, mm. Yeah. Well, moving on to our next challenge that we have to overcome. Back to back early kickoffs with a yes. visit to the stadium alight. Um another half past twelve. 
It's great. Yeah. Two wins from the last nine for Sunderland. Yeah. Decent run, decent run of form before that was six wins in eight. I mean, they're sitting in ninth place, I believe now, so sort of mid-table, yeah. up, up and down season. I mean, given how young the squad is, which is the youngest in the league, I believe, so average age of 22, which is yeah. insane. insane it, was, it was the same last year as well, wasn't it? I mean, Marlborough's yeah. done, done such such a great job at Sunderland, hasn't they? Yeah, fantastic. And uh, I uh, expect no less of our, our very own Tony Marlborough, man. He's a great manager. Um, this is what he does. And obviously he hasn't quite, uh, you know, got them to that level where they're, you know, real playoff contenders, I don't think. But like you say, I mean, an average age of 22, um, it's it's a real achievement what he's done, definitely. And I, I really like their squad and what they're doing. It's such a different way of going about things, putting the faith in younger players, signing younger players as well, not just like, you know, they're playing a few academy products and stuff like that and a few loan players. They're outwardly going out and finding these players and going, I'm putting my faith in you. And that's brilliant to see. It's really brilliant to see. And uh, I think it would be a real challenge, to be honest, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he nearly done back-to-back promotions last season, didn't he? I mean, to get promoted from League One to Championship and then finish th- six, only to lose to Luton in, in, in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was a great achievement in, in itself. I think we were on there on the last day as well. We were in there at some point, wasn't we? Yeah, so. yeah. Um, cheers, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think they're, they're on a bit of a tough run at the moment, aren't they? I mean, they lost to Plymouth and Huddersfield. Yeah, drew against Millwall on Saturday. I mean, the, you look at the squad. Jack Clark, how good has he been this season? I mean, he he, he slowed down a little bit in the past few games. Yeah, I was going to say the, yeah. the way the way he started the season was brilliant. Yeah, on fire, on fire. I mean, he's a. Uh... He's a really good player. I mean, I say, I'm surprised to see he scored 10 and only assisted one mm. because um, I think he's such a talented player with his feet and his dribbling skill and coming off the wing um, to add, you know, 10 goal seasons in in December to your game. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's a, he's a really threatening player. Um, I think, to be honest, he's, he's always had that potential. Um, I know he... He obviously come went to Tottenham, didn't he, from Leeds. Um, had a few, and I went to QPR on loan, and I think he went back to Leeds on loan, and it just never quite broke for him, did it? Um, and I think it probably goes back to the the culture at Sunderland with playing young players. He's they've gone there on loan. Um, they've signed him now, which is a uh, interesting. After he obviously played well last season, didn't he? I know he was. He signed, they signed him last season. They signed him last season, so. Yeah, the talented player. I mean, you go through their whole squad. They've got it's, it's it's such a parallel to Leicester because you're looking at Leicester squad and they're all really good players, and then you look at this squad and they're all potentially really good players. And obviously, like most of them are playing well. And uh, Pierre Requa is a very highly rated in and around the championship, and obviously, obviously, um, the local boy Job. Um, I'm not sure he's got any famous relatives, but um, <laughs> he's a decent player, I think. His dad. Yeah, his dad's all right, though. Know? Um, yeah, they've got a, they've got a good squad, I think, and um, like you say, they're uh, on a real downer at the moment, which I am surprised about. Um, 
But yeah, it's funny you look at the teams they've they've lost to, like you say, Plymouth and Huddersfield still beat Blues, obviously. Um, Stoke before that lost four 0 to Middlesbrough back in October. Um, yeah, it's a. It feels like it's going to be a tough challenge, but I think it's a big opportunity to um, make a little bit of a statement and say we're getting in the playoffs and you're not. To be honest. Yeah, I think if you look at if you look at teams which suit how we play, Sunderland are up there for me in in, mm. in the division. I mean, they like to keep more possession, but they don't really do a lot with it recently if that makes sense I mean that they're a good pressing side but the press isn't really effective it's intense but it's not not really effective I mean it does seem like a, a perfect game for us to go okay we were unlucky or whatever it was against Leicester but to go go there and make a real statement this week I think it needs to happen yeah it's got to happen it's got to happen um, get the ball back rolling again that's all it is um, like I say about the uh the kind of runner games we're going to go on now. Um, it's a massive opportunity to pick up some big points, especially with obviously Saints and Leeds winning um, at, when we've lost at the weekend. But then also all of the uh, teams who could have uh, pounced on our loss, loss or, lost or drew. So we've kind of got away with one. If there was a weekend to lose, it was that one. Do you know what I mean? So now it's just get that out, get 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 it out of our system. Go up north to the Stadium of Light and uh, show the league that we're, we ain't going away. <laughs> no, and I think that these, like I said, these next three games are huge for our season because you go into the sort of December fixtures, you have seven games in a month. Yeah. And after these couple of games, you have the likes of Borough, Leeds, Blackburn, Norwich, they're all around at our type of level, really. And I think I didn't really realise that either. I mean, we had a really tough run of games our past sort of six, seven games as well, which we focused on quite heavily at the start of this podcast. Um, but again, like, there's no easy games in the Championship. No. Really. No. If, if We can sit here and say, yeah, the, the stats don't do this and the stats do this, but <laughs> end of the day, there's no easy games in the Championship. Yeah, every game's tough. It really is, um, but yeah, it's. I think you've just got to go and win it, yeah. Um, I'd, it's always weird going away. Um, you always feel like you should be saying, "I'll take a draw," but I think we should be winning this game. To be honest, like you say, I think we we uh, they they suit us um, in terms of attacking the game. So, but always interested to see what Carlos is going to do. Um, especially with uh, the injuries, obviously, like we were saying, um, who would you be starting in the uh, in the forward four positions? Oh, that's a really good question. I think you, you look at you look at Sarmiento. I mean, he's started what the, the past two games, and apart from the absolute wonder goal, <laughs> I, I I just really find him quite immature on the ball. And I, I don't really feel how he brings much to the team. If, if he's on the ball and he's going up against someone, yeah, you, you back him more than Fellows, I would say. But Fellows is a more consistent player. And yeah. as, as you said, because you, you're in love with him. Yes. A, <laughs> I, I think for me, he, he deserves to have a, a bigger part against Sunderland. So I, I would personally start Fellows, but I can't see it. I mean, I think you look at likes of Swift, who needs the game time again, but... For me, it has to be Madger instead of 
Asante for me. I think yeah. Dean Garner needs to go go back out wide. I think he's just not as effective th- through the middle. So if you're asking me who I'm starting, I'd say be Grady, Swift, Fellows, and Major for me yeah. personally. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting front four, isn't it? I reckon. Mm. Um, well, it's, it's young youngsters, isn't it? Apart from well, Swift, but <laughs> a relatively young young front four. Yeah, it's young and it's fast. Um, it's direct as well, which is uh, it's, it's always nice to watch it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know about I don't know about Swift, man. Um, I was really I thought he was absolutely crap, man, on Saturday. Um, I just. When he doesn't score, I don't think he adds a lot to our team, to be honest. So I'd be looking at it's, but then it's tough in it because I feel like if Wallace was in, um, I'd be playing the kind of Wallace in his role that he's been playing kind of up front, um, in a pressing sense, and then it kind of eliminates Swift a little bit because Swift is no good at wide, regardless of what you think of him. <laughs> um, so it's a tough one with the formation really whether Dean Garner can play through the middle like you say he needs to go back out wide um but yeah I just feel I don't feel like Swift deserves to start to be honest no I, th- I think he was quite disappointed but we we have to sort of taper our expectations and say well he was still topping all of our attacking metrics even throughout his injury. And I know you hate stats <laughs> sometimes. But, um, yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm struggling to find a reason to justify him being in, in the team. But I think when he's, on, when he's on his game and he's clicking, he makes the whole team click yeah, for me. Well, so, I mean, we've seen it a little bit at the start of the season, obviously. I mean, I can't... <laughs> you can't argue that too much. But... Yeah, I just feel like over the last, what, 18 months, I feel like I've watched Swift and then not liked what I've watched and then gone home and people have gone, but he played really well on paper. And you're like, well, I understand it to an extent, do you know what I mean? But I just I just feel like he's such a frustrating player to watch and to, uh, to have in your team, personally. And partly because I feel like he can offer a lot more because he has got, ability um i think his passing ability is really good and his ability to see passes as well is really good um i just feel like and his ability to obviously score goals kind of find those spaces uh late arrivals and stuff like that is again really good but i just don't feel like it translates to the pitch for like probably about 89 minutes of a game and then he does a little good pass and then it's like oh well, swift played well then um, but yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one with the uh, formation, really. Um, I'd probably expect to see him starting, but you wouldn't be in my team, mate. <laughs> I think it's, it's the same with Wallace, isn't it? As well, it's probably was the so frustrating because we know how much ability that they've shown previously with like Millwall and Reading. We, we, we know we know what what they can do, and the, sometimes that it is lacking. I, I would say with, with, with both of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we, we, it's just getting him up to... Obviously, Carlos found his niche, didn't he? As we've said before, Swift's mm. niche. And it worked. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't particularly enjoying watching him, but he was scoring goals and he seemed to be having a bit more of an impact generally. Um, like you say, when he's on his game, he, he makes the whole team click. So it's just about finding that again. 
Um, obviously, we've gone away from that formation. Um, so it's, you know, it's Garth's problem to figure out. Um, well, yeah, it's, 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 it's about like if if he wants to revert back to that formation now that Phillips is out as well, Townsend's been pulled. Yeah. Does he go back to that sort of three five at the back with Swift cutting out off the left? I, I don't know, but again, Carlos is dilemma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really yeah. and I think he'll be fuming after the, this Saturday just gone. So I expect them all to be watching loads of videos this week and um, yeah, <laughs> lots of little clips. Yeah. And we'll see on Saturday, won't we? Yeah, yeah. I think I'll, I'll back us to beat him. Mm. I really do. Um, I, I'm going. I am making the trip up. What a man. At half 12, kick off. Home, home run away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, so hopefully we win. For, for God, it'll be a miserable, miserable trip back. But um, yeah, I'm backing us, man. I'm backing us. Good man. Keep the faith. Keep the faith, mate. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining me again, Alf. I think that's all we have time for today, unfortunately. Thank you. So, yeah, as always, pleasure, and I'll see you yes. next week. Yes, man, I'll see you next week. <laughs>